I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall. It's a little radio show on WEHC where we get to sit and figuratively sit on the Duck Pond Wall. You know, because when you're back on campus, that's where you go to visit, to catch up with friends and see what's going on. You kind of hang out there and chat. And that's what this show is about. And I'm thrilled to be sitting on the imaginary Duck Pond Wall today with Asia, Asia Stevens, Emory Henry Class of 2020. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing? That's great. They're going to be so excited to hear from you because you're doing cool stuff and we're going to celebrate that a little bit today. And so this is true story. I I bumped into you at a funeral the other day and did not know what you were doing until that moment. So tell everybody what your job is and where you're working. Um, So I am a funeral service intern at Oki's Funeral Service located in Roanoke, Virginia. And yeah, I'm just pretty much help families at their time of need, planning services and, you know, with the preparation of their loved one for viewing purposes as well. well and you told me you've been doing this pretty much since you graduated. Yes, I have. I was kind of doing it like while I was at Emory finishing up my last year. So I would drive like on the weekends back home and then I'd do a service or I'd work, you know, a funeral here and there. And then I come back to school. So yeah, since July of 2019, and then I graduated or finished up my studies in December of 2019 at Emory. So yeah, well, kind of eloped me. a little bit. Let's talk about how you got into this because you know it's really. I have a, I have another friend who's who's into the the funeral biz, and it's really interesting to hear for me to talk to her because she is really interested in it, and it's really fascinating. And I love to hear her talk about it, but not everybody thinks of that. So, what made you consider being in that world? Oh wow! So it dates back all the way since I was in like I want to say elementary school, maybe middle school. I remember my step grandfather. He passed away, and I don't. I just didn't like the way he looked in the casket. And I know that's kind of bizarre to, you know, say. No, I, just, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very like intrigued and, you know, very curious as to hmm, what could they have done to make him look better? Like, you know, what goes into this? Because, you know, I was just this young kid. I had no idea about the funeral business whatsoever. So I was very much curious. And then when I got to college, I kind of shied away from it. But then I don't know, something just hit me one day. I was like, this is definitely my calling. And I need to definitely pursue this because, I don't know, it just kept tugging at my heart and I just felt like I needed to do it. And so, yeah. That is cool. And it's interesting to me that, you know, even like, I mean, a lot of us have a, an urge in elementary school, you know, to think about mm-hmm. doing something. But then for it to have stayed with you all this time is really interesting. And you never once thought, what was I thinking? I don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> I remember I had this instance because I... I had a best friend my freshman year of college and I told her I was like yeah I want to be a funeral director and she just busted out laughing and I was like I'm for real <laughs> but for some reason I just shied away from it I was like you know maybe this isn't my calling so I just pursued other things but then I was like you know what forget what people say forget everything this is what I want to do and I want to help families 
It's just my passion. I don't know well, why. <laughs> that that speaks to growing up. I mean, that's just we all do that because it's really easy when someone busts out laughing when we tell them what we're going to do. It's really easy to go. Oh, uh, this is not such a good idea. So, what did you major in at Emory and Henry? So, I started out with the athletic training program, and I was yeah, I was definitely playing basketball as well. And it just wasn't for me. I guess I didn't do so well as I thought I was going to do. And so, yeah, I just kind of like, I kind of got the prerequisites for the mortuary science degree. So I'm just go and run with it, get all my prerequisites out the way. That way I could start my mortuary science program and you know, just go with it. Smart. So what, so is that, are you in school now? I am. I'm currently at Tidewater community college. Yes. It's located in Virginia Beach, and they have their own little mortuary science program. So, so you're doing? Are you doing classes online? So, I actually drove down there two weeks ago. To so it's start a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of both. Hopefully, it works out with like my work schedule and everything. But yeah, I'm going to be driving and doing some online courses as well. You are at a very prestigious and well-known funeral service. I've heard about Okies for as long as I can remember. And so, you know, and you say you're an intern now. What was that like? What was that process like getting on with them? I mean, not, I mean, I mean, not that they're, not that they're bad ones, but I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. a really good one. And so did you just go in and say, this is something I'm passionate about and I really want to learn more? Yes. So I guess I was very blessed. And so at the time, our HR um, person, she's also, well, she was an Emory alum as well. And no, so we kind of hit it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of crazy. So she was involved in the hiring process. And I just kind of told them, I was like, this is, you know, what I want to do. I am interested in pursuing a career as a funeral director and embalmer and we kind of, I actually started as an attendant. I didn't start right away as a funeral service intern. So I kind of worked my way up for about a year or so. And then they offered me the internship, which I was very blessed and grateful for. So yeah, it was kind of, it was a process, but also they were very receiving of me when during does, the process. What does an attendant do? So basically, as an attendant, your main priority is just working funeral services. Um, Yeah, you're involved in driving the hearse, the delivery van, flower van, everything. So pretty much you're helping out with the services. Now, as a funeral service intern, you're more involved with actually meeting with families and, you know, more of the preparation process. I see. I see. Yeah, I saw you crawl into the driver's seat of the hearse the other day, and it struck me. It struck me. I've never seen a woman do that, and I was really excited because, yes. you know, I was thinking, well, thing. Asia's kind of breaking some glass ceilings because I don't think I've ever seen a woman drive a hearse. Yeah, Maybe I just I not paying attention. That's another thing with the funeral business. Um, back in the day, it was predominantly male-dominated. Now you're seeing more women, you know, break that glass ceiling. So it's actually pretty cool, and it's, you know, we can do anything a man can do, I guess. So darn <laughs> skippy, darn skippy. Yep. But it's it's cool. It's it's interesting. It makes me think maybe Oki's realizes the the power of that because, you know, I don't care what industry you're in. I maybe it's just me. I if I'm doing something and I need to work out something, 
sometimes it's nice to be able to talk to another woman. And I don't mean to be, you know, exclusionary of, of, of exclusive of men, but, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to have a perspective of another woman when you're trying to figure these things out. And I would think that it would be really a strong asset to have women in the, fee, in the field of funeral service. I definitely agree. Cause I feel like it's a, an emotional business. You're dealing with grieving families. And if you want to get into the stereotypical gender roles women are typically more nurturing and stuff like that so I think that is important to kind of have around you know yeah yeah well that's amazing and and, oh I guess you know I guess we should explain because people do listen in from different places Okies is in Roanoke is that is that where you grew up yes so technically I say I'm a Roanoke native um we actually lived in um Bedford County but we commuted to school in Roanoke for years. Yeah. So I definitely say I'm a Roanoke native and yeah, <laughs> it's my home. Well, good. Yeah. And, and it's not just Roanoke, I guess you've got, gosh, how many, how many outlets do you have now? Or So our main branch is our downtown branch. So that's going to be located in downtown Roanoke. And I would say there's a chapel. We have our East chapel that's located more on the bottom side um collect it's mainly around Roanoke and the Roanoke counties well so (laughs) just to remind everyone we're speaking today with class of 2020 member Asia Stevens who is um working as an an intern at Oki's Funeral Home uh, Oki's Funeral Service in the Roanoke Valley and pursuing your own plans now it sounds like to be to be more than just an intern you're gonna you're gonna be a funeral director talk to us a little bit about what the process is you know it's it's you know funeral service is one of those things I think we take for granted we march in and they tell us who to talk to but what what is the process for really being in charge or being um, an embalmer or being whatever it is that that you're headed for yeah so I want to say for the state of Virginia um, you start an internship that's a big key of it I prefer starting an internship before you do your schooling just because you just kind of want to get a feel of what you're actually working with and if it's something that you're going to be able to do for many, many years on down the road. So state of Virginia, you have to do 2000 hours, which I kind of lucked out because it was 3000 when I started, but then they changed it to 2000. Wow. And because of the pandemic, there was, you know, they had a need, had a need mm-hmm. for more. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they changed it to 2000 hours. And so you do, I want to say, you meet with 25 families and then you do your preparation side. Um, and then they give you five years to complete your internship and schooling. So I think oh. that's also a blessing because five years, that's a lot of time. And yeah. you typically your mortuary science program is about two years. So yeah, once you get in with an accredited mortuary science program, then you should be good. They'll help you with your schooling, taking your tests and everything like that. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, so yeah, let's talk. Well, I could, it's it would be crazy if we didn't talk about the pandemic because you've been serving in this in this role all you know from before the pandemic and then all through. I mean, that had to be that had to be some um, figured out as you go kind of time for for those kind of numbers. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was definitely figured out as you go. I know Sammy Oki, the president of Oki's, um, he basically described it as on the job training because that's basically what it was we were 
you didn't know what you were going to walk into or how many people with COVID were going to come through, you know, our facilities. So you just kind of had to learn as you go, keep up to date with the CDC and everything. And it was overwhelming at times. It just was like, are we ever going to get over this? And yeah, it was a definitely different time. But luckily we had leaders that could put some plans in place and, you know, help us out just so that we're not feeling like we're overwhelmed, overworked, that stuff. And even families, like we had to change the way we did services. And so more families are kind of getting into live stream services. And then the unfortunate side of it was telling some families that they couldn't see their loved one or they couldn't be able to, you know, so that was just, it was a lot that happened during the pandemic. Yeah. Gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. So they, there were times when you just couldn't have anybody in there at all. Yeah, pretty much like at the beginning, especially because we really didn't know much about COVID-19. And so it was just like the unknown and fear of the unknown. We were just like, to be on the safe side, you treat everyone like they do have COVID that comes through. And yeah, it was definitely kind of heartbreaking at times seeing these families suffer, especially when they can't see their loved one and they're trying to plan a service or some people had multiple people affected by COVID-19 in their family and they couldn't even come in to do arrangements. So, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. That's harsh. That is harsh. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, some, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball a little bit, but uh, do you, do you feel like the pandemic has changed people's traditions a little bit? I mean, like you say, more people's, I mean, people found out different ways of doing things and mm-hmm. i are they, are they eager now just to get back to the way we used to do it? Or, or is it a little different now? Um, that's an interesting question because um, I don't know. I would say it has changed the way people view services and everything. A lot of people yeah. are just like, mm, is it worth it for me to really come out here? Or can I just watch and pay my respects on his memory wall, his or her memory wall, or can I just send a gift, stuff like that. I think it definitely has changed some aspects, but now I guess since it's the summer, I have been seeing more services, um, like specifically graveside services and everything. So you never know. It's like a hit or miss thing up and down, up and down. My general business is just, you just never know. Well, and that's, that's interesting. I guess, part of the crystal ball conversation is that um, there are some, some things in life that I thought would absolutely never change in my lifetime. And your, and your industry is one of them. And so it's been interesting to watch you all sort of, you know, maneuver some of these things. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I've seen more graveside services lately and I kind of like that because it's outside mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. it's, you know, don't tell anybody I said this, it's a little briefer. It tends to be. And so, you know, so the service part is shorter, but you still get to visit with people. And, you know, it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I guess that's what I was, I'm wondering if some of that will kind of stick around. So I don't know. I'm hoping it would kind of stick around just because I like the idea of everyone gathering and fellowshipping for a funeral service or any yeah. of life. But yeah, yeah, not everyone can. So I am understanding of that, but I hope it sticks around as well. Yeah. Do you, do you find any, do you hear about like, are there trends coming along in, in the funeral business that you're hearing about? Yeah. So definitely more people are being cremated. Yeah. And that's just 
It's been up since last year as well. I want to say there's around 57.5% of people being cremated versus like 36% of people having traditional burials. Interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, and this is a purely personal question, you know, because I've worked some with our cemetery, but we were laughing about the fact that once somebody is cremated, they sit on the mantle a long time or maybe forever that not everybody actually puts that thing in the ground. Exactly. That is true. And I want more people prefer to be buried, like their cremated remains to be buried. But you do have that other percentage of people just, you know, sitting it on their mantle and it just staying there forever. Yeah, it's um, different. There's definitely a new... Um, I want to say parting stones is what we call them, but like the idea of basically getting your cremated remains kind of pressed down and solidified into a, it's like a, a rock on Like a rock, yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something I've seen people do. And that way it's just a keepsake. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of different ways. Yeah. that people. And you can have it made into jewelry now too, evidently. Like yes, diamonds and also, stuff. Yeah, so you can also have, um, it'll be like a small tool. You can put the ashes inside a necklace. I haven't seen the diamonds or anything yet, but I have seen people put the ashes inside of like a little keepsake necklace or yeah. bracelet, stuff like that. Wind chimes, we offer that. Yeah. So are those all services that Okies offers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Get out. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wind yeah. chimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yep. Well, I think well, I think it's interesting to, to hear what you all are doing and think about, about how you're um, keeping up with the times and able to offer what what really what people are interested in because it does change. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it changes all the time. You can have like a TikTok trend and then it'll change something. <laughs> that's okay, how that's influential really social media is nowadays. They do TikTok training for reals. No, no. <laughs> I know. I was saying, I was like, you could do a TikTok trend about a funeral and then it would become oh, positive. <laughs> yes. Now that I got. Now that I got. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not wrong. It doesn't take much to make those influences. All right. So tell me. So I know. So now the things that you did at Emory and Henry, I always like to end on this question. Just the things you did at Emory and Henry, your, your schoolwork and your activities. Tell me what some of those experiences are and lessons are that you carry with you still today? What are those things that you sort of keep with you and that you find yourself going, oh, I'm glad I learned that, or, oh, I still remember that, or what are some of those things that stick with you? So I definitely say just try new things, step out of your comfort zone. That's one of the things I loved about Emory is you could just be yourself and then people still accepted you. You still had your group of people, especially like if you joined Greek life or if you, we're doing a sport. You definitely could just be yourself and be open. And I think that's what I've learned in my adult life is just be confident, be who you are. Don't shy away from anything because you are capable. You can do whatever that, you know, your mind. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I <laughs> love that. I was going <laughs> to let you go because once you said you are capable, you had my heart because that is, that is such an important lesson and such a hard thing to communicate to young people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like with social media, everyone's seeing everyone's highlights and stuff. And it's just like, why am I not, you know, doing that? Why am I not 
accomplishing this. And it's just like, your path is your path. What's for you is for you. And just, you know, do yes. what you got to do to get there. Yeah. But you know, even as an old person, I will tell you that that's hard because you know, you're, you're looking at life from the beginning of the path and I'm looking at it towards the end of the path. And in either case, there seems to be a lot of pressure to like prove that you did something or prove that you did something, you know, that mattered or whatever. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on our decisions. That's true. But talking to young people, it seems it's really hard to sort of make them understand that, you know, it's okay to, to make decisions that are not going to, be the last decision you ever make I mean just do you find that to be true I do because it's like you have so many opinions so many things that you're seeing and you're exposed to it's like am I enough like am is what I'm doing enough like do I have the answers do I know what I'm doing and it's just like yeah you do you know what you're doing just do it like you don't need to seek validation from anyone else you don't need to seek validation from a job from a class, any of that, like you have the tools that you need to do what you need to do. And I know I keep saying, do what you need to do, because I struggled with that a lot. I was just always so anxious and just worrying about what the world would think, what my friends would think, you know, of my career and stuff. And then I was like, you know what, this is what I need to do. I have these tools for a reason. And I have this mindset for a reason. So I'm gonna just go with it. I'm gonna just go with it full force. And that's kind I of and it's kind of freeing after you do that. It's like something like a weight just lifted off of your chest. So, no, I love that. And I, and I think part of it is in fact, what you just said, it's recognizing what your strengths are and what your passion is. And, you know, your path doesn't need to look anybody else's like anybody else's because it's yours. Exactly. Yeah. And what you do is so important because you get to be with people at a really difficult time and they need someone who is nice and, has a heart, you know, and is capable and has all the, has answers that you need. I mean, that's what you really need at a time like that. Mm -hmm. Tell me, all right, so this is, I, I, I said that was going to be my last question, but I lied. I lied. Um, so the last thing I'm going to ask you about is, is what you do besides working in the funeral business. What else, what else is part of your life that's important? Oh, wow. So I, um, well, this past year I was coaching at Salem High School. I coached JV girls basketball and then I was assistant coach as well with the varsity basketball team. Nice. So that was like something that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. However, like scheduling and everything, I wasn't able to stick with it. Um, so yeah, the season's going to be coming up in November or October in October. I want to say that's when the next season is going to be coming up and I'm afraid I won't be able to with school and everything. Cause I'll be, full time yeah, but that kinda. was so fun like working with like younger girls they're hilarious they have so much personality <laughs> they even taught me a few things about myself just to be confident you know so wow. that was a great experience I would say that's awesome well good for you well I think it's neat well I, I know that, well once you get school done I hope you'll get to go back because I bet they enjoyed you that is my hope yes once school is over I'll be able to you know do more fun things. This feels like I've been in school for so long. I'm like, I'm ready for fun. Well, <laughs> how, much, how much more time do you have? You are you getting close? Two semesters, I'd say. Yeah. 
You I know, pretty this. close. I'm, yeah, I'm not worried. You'll be in good shape then. Well, hell yeah. Fine. Well, I'm, I guess we are about out of time, but I just want to thank you so much for being willing to, to talk to us about what you're doing and about this cool job. And again, you know, as much as anything, I thank you for sharing with us about what your passion is and about how we need to, we need to find those things out in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. And it's always great talking to you, Monica. <laughs> Same here. I want to thank everyone for listening in today. Our guest has been Asia Stevens, Emory Henry Class of 2020. And I'm going to stop there for a second and say this. You know, people have been so worried about what would happen to the graduates of 2020. Everybody I've talked to in the class of 2020 is is doing great stuff. And you're, you know, you've got to get hit on your shoulders and you're you're figuring things out. And I just want to say congratulations because, I mean, it's been a weird time. And so good for you for getting it together and getting it right and being true to you. Well, thank you. That really means a lot to me. Well, it's been impressive. So, so way to go. All right. So Asia Stevens, thanks again for being our guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. And when you come back to visit soon, 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 hopefully soon. <laughs> Homecoming's October 1. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I know I was there last year. I'll make it this year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being with us today on the Duck Pond Wall. And please keep listening to WEHC. The voice of Southwest Virginia. There is so much cool stuff coming up next. <laughs>